Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we actually talk about worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. I'm glad. Hope you guys have been enjoying our bonus episodes. Honestly, we don't make them for you. We make them for ourselves. We enjoy talking about movies, TVs, and other things like that. It's it's just an excuse for us to talk to each other for a long time about movies. Yeah, because th- that's all I want to do, anyways. It so. really is just another excuse. But anywho, as usual, how's it going, Cody? I I got some things aside from movies that I want to talk about. I got some stuff. Okay, what's up? What's up? Uh, okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is Coheed and Cambria. Oh my god, and. So specifically the album colors um behind the sun is that what it is or colors beyond the sun sure shoot <laughs> um anyways it is um it's a coheed and cambria album which for those people that are not huge coheed and cambria fans like i am coheed and cambria for the large part is kind of rock opera y yeah, in that opera. All of their albums string together to make a narrative that there is a comic book for. So all of their albums are telling a story. And it's not metaphorically, it's very explicitly, this is about a space battle. This is about this character. So it's operatic, right? I never, ever Um, knew that about Coheed. Did you actually not know that? No, I I legitimately never knew that. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, I'm not making fun of you. I never actually listened to Coheed. So hearing this is like, oh... That sounds awesome. I should have probably been listening to Coheed. <laughs> you really should have. So the album, uh, The Color Before the Sun, that's what it is, is the, I think it's their most recent album, but it's come out a while ago now. I just didn't know because I wasn't paying attention. And um, it's the only album so far that is not in that narrative. So it's just songs that the guy, uh, his name's Claudio Sanchez, wrote. Okay. Um and specifically, the song that got me into the album is Atlas, which my brother sent to me and said, hey, you should listen to this one Coheed song. Here's the acoustic version. It's really great. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I just kind of ignored him and blew him off because you that's that what I do too, when my brother, brother tells me to listen rude. to things. I do, but I we also send each other a lot of things. <laughs> so it's hard to keep up. So anyways, at some point, I decided I wanted to get back into Coheed. And I messaged my brother and said, hey, what was that random song you told me to listen to? And he went, oh, you know, it's Atlas. Here's the link. And I listened to it and went, okay, so this song's great. This song's really great. Holy crap. And then I found the album that it was off of and listened to the whole thing and went, why have I not listened to this album before? I immediately got super angry that I had not been listening to The Color Before the Sun for the, like, four years now that it's been out. But it's incredible. They got a new bass player. Uh, the drummer that had been away from the band for a while is now back. Their new bass player is amazing. And just every song on that album is fantastic. Okay. And the whole album was mostly recorded live, which is super cool. So I didn't know that when I was listening to it. But now that I know that, you can kind of tell in the songs that they feel like a live performance. They don't feel super studio-y, which I kind of like. So... Yeah, it's just, it's a good album, and specifically the song Atlas, he wrote about having a son and then having to go on the road and keep touring as a band, and so I think at the time that he wrote the song Atlas, his son was not born yet, but it was like, he was going to be soon, and so for me, because I'm having a son soon, that song is really like it's very poignant in that way because i get where it's coming from and i get what it's about and so it was just like he's always written great lyrics but specifically in that song he's just like man this guy is just a poet of writing amazing lyrics and just a catchy song and a good song and so i don't know i'm just obsessed with the album right now I, so that's what I, I want to talk about. I will check it out. I, I really will because I've never actually listened to them. And hearing, I've always heard they're great. I just never listened to them, and I don't know how or why. Yeah, it absolutely seems like a band you would like. So I'm really confused why you have not listened to this kind of proggy band that does sci-fi music. <laughs> right? It's just I'll, I'll get to it. I, I promise I'll get to it. Um, anything else on your side? Um, 
I'm reading a book about a serial killer, or it's a novel. Um, the first one's called "I'm Not a Serial oh, yeah, Killer." You told me about or something this like that. on the Fire Whale episode that I just started editing today. That's why I remember yeah. It. <laughs> so I've gotten further into it now, yeah. and I don't know. It's okay. It's not amazing, but it's not bad. It's pretty good. It's meant for younger a younger audience. Um. But I have a sneaking suspicion that they're using the main character being a sociopath to talk about teenagers not being in touch with their emotions. So it's kind of like once I saw that, it just felt like everything was about this book kind of just being about a whiny teenager, not a real sociopath. So I don't don't know. I'm kind of I have mixed feelings about it right now. Uh, I mean, sure. Just give it a chance. And if you don't like it, don't keep reading it like you did with Sex Witches. Jordan, I'm four books deep. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Finish the series. <laughs> finish. <laughs> Go ahead and finish the series. Um, is that all? Because I, I only have a few things. So you good? I think that's all I have. I think that's all I wanted to talk about. Um. Okay. So like of actually world building and world stuff, I haven't done much. I'm now on Deathly Hallows for Harry Potter. So we're almost. We're almost done. Woo, We're look at you. Yeah, so that's like the last book on tape that I've got until I'm going to get the It book on tape next since you recommend. Well, do you recommend the book on tape or do you recommend the book, actual book? Oh, I uh, I can't read, so. Okay, was the book on tape fine or was it boring? That's my only. Oh, no, I, I well, I'm biased. I like audiobooks, yeah. so I'm going to say it was great. But I actually think it was does great. Does the guy so, actually do voices and-, and stuff or does he just like solidly read boringly no he does he does some pretty there's some pretty decent voice acting okay good because the guy who's doing the hair well i'm actually listening to the harry potter ones the official pottermore ones jordan if you're about to complain about the narrator of the no i'm about to say he's great oh okay i was was gonna get really mad at you official harry potter like the pottermore harry potter ones he's great the only voice i don't like that he does is the luna lovegood voice because she sounds like um a uh, seventy-year-old psychic tarot reader. I really love good, and that's the only voice I don't like. But other than that, he does a great job, and I just I've been loving listening to it on book on Dave. So, yeah. So that guy, his name's Jim Dale, and I'm he's great. <laughs> I'm specifically a Jim Dale fan. I've sought out audiobooks just so I does can listen to Jim do Dale more. Else popular because I would love to listen to. <laughs> Yes, Jordan, he has. What? He narr- he narrated one of my favorite TV shows. What? What? Okay, check this out. It's a show called Pushing Daisies. <gasps> oh my gosh, he's a narrator of Pushing Daisies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's, so again, of course I've watched I'm going to keep about here. Cody? Of course I've watched that Yeah, show. yeah, yeah, that's Jim Dale. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, it's a... It's a show about a private investigator who's best friends with a guy that makes pies and they solve crimes yeah, and together. And the guy touches the dead twist. people, brings them back to life in just for 30 seconds. Yeah. Or else someone else would die. It's such a good show. And it's it's so colorful and fun and, and all the characters are so endearing. I just, I want to give everyone in that show a hug. Yeah, no. that That's kind of the best way That is the it. recommendation of the day. Watch Pushing da- Daisies. Just watch Pushing Daisies. It's Listen so worth your time. Dale. And... It's a show that has such a style and a tone that's unique and not just like bleak and bland. And it just doesn't feel like shows like that really exist much. And it was weird when it came out. You know, it was weird to see a show that was just fun and that had enjoyable characters. Now it's like everyone has to suck. Yeah. So no, no, I I miss that show. That show is so great. I did not know he was the narrator from that show. Okay. No, but I I love his narration. Like, I'm really, really enjoying like the Harry Potter books. I've straight up done Order of the Phoenix, straight into Half Blood, straight into Death. Like I bought Deathly Hallows a day after I got uh, finished Half Blood Prince. Like, yes, I know everybody's like, yeah, oh, once- one of the most beloved books in America. I get it. I already know that they're good, but dang, they're good. Well, and especially once you hit those later books, man, they kind of you kind of can't stop. If you know there's more, it's real and hard I mean, to stop. I know, after I know how it prints. ends. Duh, I know how it ends. But just actually like get the trip to get there has been so fun. Like because you get so much more it's, than the movies. Because we've been, I've been reading the book, 
watching the movie, reading the book, watching the movie, and we just watched the Order of the yep. Phoenix movie because I finished Half Blood Prince way before I thought I would, and the, mo- yeah. the movies aren't good compared to the book. No, they're good I, movies, I, but they're not good compared to the book. I liked the first two movies, and then when they changed directors, I really it lost a lot of the magic for me. <laughs> Quite literally. Um, uh. Yeah, I mean, once Dumbledore died and they changed directors, it was just it was a it was a different franchise after Dumbledore that, and it had a completely different tone. He, he, the new Dumbledore for what he does in the movies, like his character in the movies and the big fight scene he does with Voldemort at the end of Order, I think he's a good actor for that part. But I did like the old Dumbledore who was like the more endearing, like kind of grandfatherly wizard, and you don't really you yeah, don't really get so that t- with the newer well the second Dumbledore I think the problem is it, it they cast the perfect Dumbledore and then when he passed away they had to have somebody else and then that I feel like that actor kind of had the choice or maybe the directors had the choice of do we say do your best impersonation of the original Dumbledore or do we make a tonal shift for Dumbledore and make him a new character yeah. Because that actor is a great yeah. actor. Like, he is excellent in everything he does, except for some reason he sucked at Dumbledore. And so I kind of don't think he sucked at Dumbledore. I think that they decided to make that character different so it didn't feel like he was copycatting yeah. a dead no, person because that's that. distasteful. But we're, we can go down the line of Harry Potter, like, really hardcore. But I'm enjoying it. Almost done with it. Then I'm going to start it. And that's 44 hours. <laughs> so Yeah, buckle in, buddy. You're going to hear I the just, history of a small town. If you say it's a lot of history of a small town, I hope it's not boring. That's my only thought. Is it, it's not. I, like, I don't it, want it to be it makes It makes every one of those stories so human and so relatable and engaging. I was, I was never bored. I didn't want the book to continue. I just wanted to sit and hear more about the history of Derry, this tiny little nothing All town. Because right. the history of Derry was very fascinating. Okay. Yeah, so that's... Um, other than that, I don't have any like world-building news of things. I watched Ocean's 8, thought it was fine. I'm going to go see it again with Mel. Oh, dude, I watched the new Incredibles Haven't movie. Haven't seen it yet, don't say anything about it. Anyways, <sighs> we'll talk, we will talk about Wait. it next. We'll talk about it before the show next week in our movie podcast. <laughs> no, hang on. Look, you went and saw Ocean's 8 instead of the Incredibles 2. I saw Ocean's 2. 8 with my dad for Father's Day. Suck it. Is he an Oceans yeah. fan? He loves the Oceans film. Well, yeah, I don't know. Suck it. it feels like that was, was a mistake, Jordan. Hanging out with my dad, which was great fun. We had a great time. We went to the motorcycle museum. We saw Oceans 8. We ate at this awesome burger restaurant. It was awesome. So screw you for harshing on my day. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to spend time with your dad. I'm just saying. I don't know, okay, man. But yeah, we'll talk. Incredibles we will talk about fantastic. it on the pre-show next week. <laughs> We better. Oh okay, we need I, to I actually talk, talk about, about worlds because this show is slowly turning into just Cody and Jordan talk about stuff. Hey, man, I have a very organic method of podcasting. Yeah, no, I like the organic method. Hopefully other people like it as well. Anywho, we're going to go into our world. Last week was the world of... Why am I forgetting this? I don't... What was last week's? I don't remember. Um, it was the one that I really, oh, it was, uh, Subworlds. Oh, yeah, World, world Within, Within a world. world. You did Hidden world. the world where, like, hell and heaven are real, and I did... Yeah! What did I do? Why don't I remember this at all? You did the one where there was, like, two dimensions oh, that were kind yeah. of linked by monsters. Yeah, but and they were linked by people gateways, went to the... and there were some monsters that you had to defeat because the monsters created negative energy on Earth. Okay, yeah. Remember our own podcast. Woo. It's because I'm way behind on editing, so I haven't had the chance to listen to it again. I, I understand that. It Oops. happens. Anywho, so this week is... <laughs> Gosh, I'm so bad at this today. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I, I... I'm just going to wait for you to compose yourself, uh, Jordan. Gosh. How did I... Okay. This week is 100 years after a spaceship landed. I got yeah, I got there after thirty seconds, but this yeah this week is hundred years after the spaceship landed. Um, gonna straight up say before I go into mine, like the news in the media has truly affected my world this week. So you're gonna see, like I said before the show even started, my world's a little heavy handed. 
So you'll see what I mean once I start getting into it. But anyways, let's roll for initiative and get this party started. Oh, shoot. What do you roll? I rolled a five. I don't know what the... Oh, I rolled a six. <laughs> I kind of wanted to go first. I kind of wanted to That's go okay. first because I just want to get it out of the way. But like I said, a little bit heavy-handed. Okay, so my world, I'm going to do three stories. They're all journal entries from three different people throughout three different time periods within this spaceship landing. So the... Wow, hold on. What's up, okay. Sneezy? Oh, yeah, you says you who literally sniffles through every podcast we do. I don't you know what you're talking about. In, through every podcast that we do. No one else knows because no one listens to the raw <sighs> data. I do. I was going to say, man, that would uh, really suck for me if I was editing these, but I'm not. So I, <laughs> oh, man, I, I have so care. much editing to do. This is going to have freaking five episodes to edit. <laughs> no. Might I suggest having a friend edit half of your podcast because it makes your life so hey, oh, much Cody, easier. Hey, Cody, what are you doing this weekend? Editing my own podcast. Oh, whatever. Okay, anyways. Um, okay, so starting with my world. This is from the Journal of Advisor Phineas Moonhowler, Year Zero. I come from a simple people, generations and generations of simple people who were just trying to make our planet worth living in. This round planet was small and, at first, very empty. But we grew as a people thanks to the powers of the gods watching over us. Most of our people were tradesmen, only working in what they knew best. There were those who toiled the ground to grow as food, those who helped the animals grow, those who worked the trees and earth to build us shelter. Of course we had guidance. Each tribe was run by a chief who, through ritual, they were chosen by gods to guide the people in their tribes. The elected were all powerful, and they were the guideposts of the communities, but every guidepost needs its support. So the chiefs each had a personal spiritual advisor who would ensure that they follow the gods every word. There were many tribes throughout the land, but after generations, we saw unity of most tribes. Some of them got along, others just learned to coexist in the same area. We built up our lands in large compounds where many tribes could come and go as pleased. We traded our goods equally and found use for everything that was discovered on this great mystery of a planet. My generation discovered something amazing, stones that extracted metal items to them. We called these magnets, and we also discovered how to harness the power of light storms in the sky. Using this electricity and magnetism, our societies were able to grow. We were able to create devices that channel the flow of water and and create great dams. These dams helped us harness the electricity in new ways, allowing us to power our lands. The tribes were able to make compounds that could even be active during the dark of the night. We used these for farming and maintaining our lands. Everything seemed to be growing and getting better, but things changed greatly when they landed. Are you even paying attention, Cody? Uh, hey, you know, you get mad at me for interrupting you, and then when I don't interrupt you, you think I'm not paying attention. So interrupt me so I can get mad again. <laughs> anyway. I was just engrossed in your story. Yeah, looking at Facebook. But now I feel like I have to be defensive. You're... How do you know I'm looking at Facebook? First, you told me. Second, I can see it in your glasses. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, Jordan. <laughs> it's, it's funny because like you straight up just told me I'm looking at Facebook is what I heard. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. In the black uh, of the night, a large gray vessel landed in the middle of one of our fields. We were alarmed by this. As we approached, the great vessel opened, revealing small humanoid figures. After initial fear and tension, wait, 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 wait. Now it's what? getting interesting. Are they gray? Wait for it. Do Wait they have giant eyes? It. Are these little Roswellians? No, I have a twist, and I think it's great. So, um, so after initial fear and tension. Oh wait, are they just humans? And Can the other you guys are stop gigantic. Talking for once. Okay, you were complaining because I wasn't once. talking, and now you want me to talk. <laughs> after you talk through the okay, are they you bears? don't pay attention to the boring parts, but you talk through the interesting parts where I'm actually going to get to something. Like I hate that. I don't think I was okay. I feel like either you want me to engage, I want or you, don't you to want engage, to engage. but Can't I want you to engage. Ways. Right now, I don't want you to engage. 
You sound impossible. I am impossible. <laughs> okay, cue me when you want me to say something oh quippy. Gosh, never. All right. After initial fear and tensions, the figures realized we were no threat to them and that we were not monsters or werewolves as they had initially called us. They realized that we were intelligent beings who had created the structures that they saw that prompted them to land. Days after they landed, we finally gathered all of our chiefs and advisors to meet with their kind. They called themselves humans, thanks for the spoiler, Cody, and they told us that they had fled their own planet because it was soon to be destroyed by natural causes. They had fled to what they called the galaxy, looking for a place for refuge. They told us that they had so much to offer and they could truly help us grow and make this world a true paradise. Upon hearing this, we allowed them to land the rest of their ships with our, uh, with their other refugees. This was now their home as well as ours. This would be a united planet. And that is, um, who did I call this guy again? Okay, that was um, Phineas Moonhaller. And so, as you may have noticed, I decided to go with wolf people for my base planet. And then humans are the landing aliens. Hang on. Hang on. Are these like anthropomorphic wolf people? Um, they, I see in my imagination, I kind of imagine them based. They're furries. What? Yeah. Like in your imagination, no, I imagine, are they like kind oh of ripped a because little bit? Because I've been reading lots of Harry Potter, I imagine them to look like the werewolf Lupin from the third movie, kind of gangling, like monster looking. But they're. I wish they they're were not. Furries. They're like gangly and monster looking. Like they look like monsters, but they are very they're intel they're intelligent sentient beings. So um, these are called the lichens, obviously, and um, yeah, no. And so the humans they came in great ships because they claimed that their planet was going to be destroyed due to natural causes. Are there half lupins? No, half lupins. What I mean is, can, like, humans oh breed gosh. with these things? See, they, like, try real hard. You know, next time I'm just going to let you read Facebook. How about that? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> you know, you're all sitting over here. You're not paying attention. Then I pay attention and ask questions, and you get mad at me for okay. for asking the important questions you're of this world. You're asking about furries and if humans have sex with furries. Okay, are you telling me no one would have asked that question no. on that ship? Like, when they landed and saw a bunch of anthropomorphic wolves, you mean to tell me not one guy was like... Mm. Girl, <laughs> can I though? Like, is can it gonna? Is it illegal though? Or kind of like? I mean, I'm gonna I'll also throw in another wolf that you're probably not gonna know, but kind of like the wolf um maiden from Saga. Sorry, midwife from nope, Saga. Don't know it. So, yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Hang. Keep keep going. I'm paying attention, gross. but I'm also looking up the wolf midwife. <laughs> kind of gross. Wolf. Um. Okay. So this is midwife. The second one. This is Journal of Jorah Whitefang, Year Fifty. Oh, also, I forgot to mention that the first guy, Phineas Moonhaller, he was one of the spiritual advisors to the tribes. So the tribes worked with, like, you have the chieftain, and then you have the spiritual advisor leading them. Anyways, so, okay. Many things changed after the humans landed. They taught us many things, but mostly told us how to live. They told us that our gods, our religions, were not, our, not the true religions. The things that we saw as divinity were just mere coincidence. They told us of a real God, a creator, one who made all this and all of their worlds. Some of our people went to this way of thinking, others only played pretend. And then there were those who simply rejected those beliefs. Of course, those who rejected this were the tribe leaders and the advisors. I think they were just afraid of being dethroned. They separated themselves from the aliens and took those who believed in their ways and started their own communities. They don't know what they're missing. Do you find the midwife? No, I, I didn't. I couldn't I'll, find a I'll picture find of it, which is fine. It's kind of gross. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting worried about this now. I'm worried you're going to send me something nasty and I'm going to be like, you. I found out something about what Jordan I, I likes don't. and I wish I, I had. Yeah, I like Saga. That character is not specifically one I like. Um, the aliens then taught us about their forms of government, a way for everyone to be involved with how things are run. They, told, uh, they taught us democracy and voting. Together we made a government which was made up of both us lichens, as they called us, and humans. Though since it seemed like the humans knew more about running governments, they usually took control while we supported them. They created laws that would help us live a harmonious lifestyle. Jordan, is Saga no, an anime? Uh, um, comic book. Oh, uh, oh okay. Image sorry, comics. go ahead. Go ahead. 
<laughs> okay. Anyways. But knowledge of religion and government were not all they brought us. Turns out this world is full of materials that can be used to better both our kinds. We created tech, uh, great technologies from the natural resources of this world. They, the electricity was harnessed for tools and vehicles. The rare metals were used to build up great cities. We also created ways of communicating long distance using crystallized waste from plants and animals. Everything was used. Using their technology, we were able to spread out our crops and mass-produce food. There was more food produced than we could even eat. We used the machines to toil the ground so both races would not waste their time out in the fields working. Using technology from their space vessels, flying machines, and land vehicles were created to more explore this world. This was the birth of everything new. We also created weapons in order to fend off the tribes that we never got along with anyways. The humans knew so much and we were able to grow from them. They said that the technology we were now creating was even better than what existed on their planet. Could you believe that? Even better than those great ships they flew in on? They have also taught us about business and commerce. Everything has a price. We should not just try to trade like items, but instead create a product that could be sold for real value. We have created a currency that both of our people can use. We buy and sell food, tools, items, and trinkets, anything to make money now. There are many up-and-coming businesses now in this world, though there are those desperate fools who just don't get how money works. Oh well, they were weak. That's what the humans have helped teach us. The strong survive and the weak die. It's a sad <laughs> truth, but a truth nonetheless. What's up? Wait, I have a question. At any point do the humans bring smallpox blankets? No, but like I said, very heavy-handed. <laughs> Since our population easily doubled due to the human refugees, there were so many of us to begin mining and gathering resources. Wait, why did it double? Because you have people over here, and then out of space comes hundreds of thousands of other people. Suddenly, the population doubles. It's simple math. One plus one equals two. No, it's not furry love. Shut up, Cody. One plus one does equal two, Jordan. Can I get to my last paragraph? I want to be on this furry planet. I'm going to just make everybody just human. Just stock human. Skeleton monsters with no genitals. Everything's going to be skeleton monsters. I could fake Jordan. (laughs) Life finds a way. I hate you. I really hate you. (laughs) Since our population easily doubled Uh, due to the human refugees, there were so many of us to begin mining and gathering resources. We are beginning to dig deeper and find newer materials that can be used to further our kind. The humans and us work together perfectly. Their religion, their technology, and their government has truly changed the way this world works. I tried to read that in a different voice, but I just ended up being me talking fast. It sounded like you were doing a little bit of an accent. I just thought you were doing an accent. I like didn't realize it wasn't. Yeah. Anyways, well, go ahead. Um, so the guy who was whose journal that was from, that was Jorah Whitefang. He's a lichen businessman who is very pro-human. So he has a business that is booming because of the humans helped him. He's welcomed them while some other people have basically rejected it and moved out of the like main cities and lands to live on their own and follow the old religions. So the humans have taught the lichens how to read and write and how to run their own business because before the humans there was no written history no written language the lichens just communicated they just built they just worked together there was no language there was none of that um they also taught the lichens basically how to run business they taught them how to buy and sell they taught them about money they taught them about value like before everything was a trade system a bartering thing now like you have currency so some people easily adapted to that while others didn't they didn't get how it worked they didn't get why can't i just trade this item and get that item i killed this deer so i give you the skin for some other tools like why doesn't work so some of the lichens have become poor and kind of dejected from society because they didn't get how this new society worked and so the humans coming has like changed the lives for the lichens greatly like i said i was like really into the news cycle in the last few weeks and no there are no smallpox lichens i'm gonna try to do the voice i wanted to do for this last one but i don't think it's gonna work this is the journal of drag warmoth this is year 100 humans are a disease a virus, a plague. They are killing this land. The mass mining and the drilling has destroyed our land. 
They tricked us into cutting down our own trees for profit and overplanting uh, over to create food for everyone. Their way of working the fields has left our soil dry and our crops starving for nutrients. Not doing the voice well, so I'm going to continue reading it like I would. Our religions and our histories have all but died out. We never had written words before, so, the, so none of our histories have been recorded. Our religions have been silenced, and, are now called, and we are now called fools in the media. Only the human religions and the human histories still exist in this land. Society is complicated. What? You good. <laughs> society Sorry, go is, <laughs> I like tried to, I like tried to yeah, say to go. I just, and I society is you. complicated. There are those who are under the brainwashing of the humans. They work alongside the humans. Those lichens are the rich and powerful. They have forgotten their roots and live as humans in their big mansions. They lead business, all, all but putting our people into slave labor. Then there are the lichens who are against the humans and their government. They say we have equal rights, but we are not treated equally. So day by day, we fight to secure what we believe is right. The humans are mostly the affluent, but they do treat their own people as trash. They truly believe in their own words, the strong live and the weak die. Those rejected humans have joined the ranks of the revolutionaries, those who want to push back against the humans and save our planet. The humans have taken over the government, only letting us take the back seat to their crazy ideas, tricking us by saying it's because they know how a sustainable government works, that if they let us lichens run everything, then their perspective would not be seen and the world would soon die out. Die out. But look at how little they know. Their ways of mining were not sustainable. Their ways of growing food were not sustainable. The technology that they had us create produced more waste than it did profit. Our land is filled with their garbage. But worst of all, they have corrupted the mind, filled our people with greed. Most of the wealthy lichens care not about their people, but only about making a pretty penny. A man could be starving in front of them, but the lichen would only try to sell him a product. Lichens have sold each other out and have gone against each other, and for what? Paper that tells us we have worth? Our lands are filled with what the humans call the seven deadly sins. Greed, lust, gluttony, envy, wrath, sloth, and pride. This is all thanks to the humans. They sit on top where we used to, watching our world burn around them, and it only gets worse day by day. But there are those of the original religions and tribes. They have gone far away from the... Holy <laughs> crap. I'm leaving that sneeze in because that scares the crap out of me. I thought you were yelling at me. I thought you like. I thought it was just like I'm getting so heavy-handed and stupid with this. I thought you like yelled at me. No, nope, <laughs> nope. That was just a very yeah, powerful I'm sneeze. That, that had a lot of preamble too. There was like five minutes of me going like, <laughs> and then sneezing. Okay, so yeah, the um, Anyways, there are the like story the about slave wolves. religion that created their Jordan. I just want to throw out. I feel bad now about asking if I can have sex with your wolves. <laughs> You know, just where the story went, yeah. it feels inappropriate yeah, now. Take that. So they take in refugees and preach the old religions to our people. That is the only way out of the plague that is humanity. These tribes try and stop the progression of human technology. They destroy mines and they plant trees where old ones were cut down. These tribes are trying to secure our future. I believe this is futile, but some still try to hold on to hope. Sometimes the tribes are hunted. Those who are under the humans... Oh, sorry. Those who are under the human's rule call them traitors, saying that they are only ruining the good world that was created. But they do not realize the truth. This is why the humans came to our world. They came because they destroyed their own. No natural disaster wiped them out. It was their own doing. Now it is a matter of time before it happens to us. And that is my world. So, oh wait, no, hold on. Apparently that is not my world. Uh, yeah, but that okay. Sorry, no, I, I have what, a little you copy bit of this from Wikipedia. <laughs> so yeah, that is like my world. So the journal was written by a lichen who believes the planet is dying and is trying to raise up a coalition against the humans. The humans' way of living has completely polluted this land and has destroyed the ecosystem. This planet is much smaller than Earth, so the process has affected this world much much quicker than it would have on Earth. Um, the humans have all but pushed the lichens out of government and only the good lichens really hold position in government and business. 
So outside of the cities um, are where the tribes have kind of gone to like still maintain. They still try to fight back and push back against the humans, but they are hunted down as traitors and tried and executed. But so like it's kind of a bleak end, but this world started as like a harmonious land, but then the humans came like, hey, we have these promises of great technology and great world, and then they ruined the world around them by like overplanting, by drilling and like taking out the materials. So it's pretty much like No, I get pretty you. Much humans suck. What would happen if like in Avatar the Avatars didn't win? Right. Right. So I wanted to do it different but i just ended up just being mad at the news cycle and making a truly bleak world (laughs) i tried to be happy and make sex wolves and then instead i made sad wolves wolves. (laughs) this is that's the episode title sad wolf sad wolves yeah that's my bleak world i'm taking your role from now on and making super bleak worlds my uh Mine went a very different direction and basically started in the same oh, place. Cool. I'll say that, and, and you'll see what I mean here. So this, we have very divergent things that start almost identically. Awesome. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and get into mine. Mine starts with my little narration, um, and the, the title of my world is called Greener Grass. Just so you know. So how does it feel to be Landfall, interrupted when you're trying day to talk? One, Landfall. Also, Landfall one, is the name Journal of one of the of worlds Lieutenant in Saga. Scourge. I've you never read plagiarizing. Saga. Landfall, as in literally, we hit the ground, day one, Journal of Lieutenant Scourge. I stopped sleeping a month ago. The luminous displays and pulsing sounds of the vessel are designed to put the crew into a flow trance. It is smart. It is tailor-made to keep the crew hyper-aware and focused. It is practically a drug. Time stops. Everything becomes meaningless. You don't think about sleeping or eating. You just think about your task. It is addicting. But there are side effects. My crew, we are the best. We work together like a symphony, tight and almost predictive. We pilot a vessel like it is one huge instrument. It was so engrossing and such a complicated dance that we did not realize we had landed the vessel until the machine shut off. We had no idea what had happened until everything went silent and all the lights dim. I had been turning and burning for so long, I had forgotten what the goal was. We had succeeded, though. We had brought a colony of settlers to a new planet and a new home. My new home. I spent the first few weeks of my new... in. I spent the few for I spent the first few weeks on my new home hungover. Too much time in a flow trance. Now I could I could not focus without it. Even simple tasks were felt challenging. It was like losing a limb. The ship used to be an extension of myself. Now I had a stark proto dwelling, porta dwelling to live in, just a bed and four walls. It took me two weeks to go outside and realize we had landed hmm. on paradise. A land untouched and perfect. I had never seen so much green, so much beauty. This time we were not going to make the same mistakes. This time we would not wreck our world and force future generations to leave. I walked out of my dwelling and ran through Elysian fields. Elysian fields, rather. I would never lose myself to focus again. I would rather live in mediocrity than allow myself to achieve greatness. Greatness comes at a cost. A cost too steep. This night is the first time i slept in a month beneath new stars on soft and fragrant grass this place was heaven and it was all ours can i talk yeah you can talk okay so really you did kind of start in the same way humans trying to find exodus yeah yeah and so what i was trying to describe there and i don't know how well this comes across because i wanted to describe a very particular feeling but have you ever listened to like i don't enjoy edm music specifically i don't go to like clubs and dance but sometimes i need to focus sometimes i need to focus and either synth music like synthwave which is like kind of trying to be retro 80s stuff or edm music is super good for like zoning out and just focusing on one thing and not getting really distracted oh so do you kind of know that thing where you listen to certain kinds of music to get yourself to focus So my idea was that um, when these vessels, these massive vessels were flying, it was such a complicated process and required so much work that 
if left to their own devices, people would not be able to do it for that amount of time. Like it, it would be impossible to maintain a crew that could keep on top of this vessel for long enough. So um, eventually humans figured out a way to make that kind of like beat and flashing lights and like kind of bright fluorescent colors put someone into kind of like that flow where you're just super focused on what you're working on. So the ships are kind of like a cyberpunk nightmare that is itself a drug that makes people hyper-focused, but then they come down off of it really hard. Oh, okay. Because you get used to that level of, like, stimulation. And then this guy, this person that I was narrating this, lost that, and it, like, put him into a coma, basically, for two weeks. Because he wasn't used to working without, like, pulsing music and certain flashing lights that kept him super-focused on one thing. That's kind of the gist I was trying to get across. That's the humans. If you couldn't tell, no. I, I didn't okay, so then to here's him as the Cuban at all. Okay, well, his name was Lieutenant, and so it, unless you know, wolf people decided to also call people lieutenants. I guess they could have, but he was supposed to be human. We'll get into that later. Um, Don't you dare okay, so this is sort of the second. People. Also, I'm gonna find you a picture. Of the I'm not. Life. <laughs> I've I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. Okay, so this is the second part of my story. The story of the first day. The sky fell. We had seen lifetimes of sunrises and sunsets, but we had never seen a cloud be torn apart. We had never seen storms form in a moment, swirling and expanding around a mountain that dropped slowly from the sky. The sound was like the beating of drums and shouting. Unnatural lights of all colors and kinds burst from the thing as it fell. As it crashed, it shook the earth. Others poured out. They were not a plague, but they were strange. The mountain fell from the sky and spawned other small hills. The others lived in the small hills and in the mountain, but nothing that they lived in was ever quite as wondrous as the falling of the mountain. But they did have access to incredible tools of light and sound that could create, destroy, and talk. They were magic, or so we thought. Some of us thought that they were just tools that we had never seen before, but others of us were convinced that these others were basically gods. However... We did not care much if it was magic or not. We wanted the power that they had. The others seemed to need to always make noises, which made our early missions easy. The others always told us where they were, but never seemed to notice us. Or not really. They could see us, and they could hear our footfalls, but they could not feel that we were alive. They could not truly see us. Okay. As time went on, the others grew more adventurous. They claimed lands and built and cultivated. Fools they were. Why change the land that kept us alive and fed? But slowly, they learned, and so did we. The, the further the, the others traveled, the more and the more they left their mountain unguarded, the more we stole and learned. Over time, we claimed the mountain as our own. Okay, so that was a hundred years ago from present times. Okay. So, a <clears> hundred <throat> years ago, and I'm assuming that... <sighs> This would be a hundred years ago, plus whatever it took for the vessel to get to this new planet. Um, humani- humanity basically bailed on Earth to find new planets. Mm-hmm. Um, and this planet that they happened on um, kind of happens to be perfect. Um, I kind of said by some miracle, um, it was suspended between two suns, which kept it at a constant pl- uh, climate. Yeah. Um, but the reason that this planet exists is because way back even further than the hundred years that the narration was from, like way back, um, humanity started to kind of lose hope in its ability to keep Earth going forever. Mm-hmm. And so they sent out the seeds that would create new planets. So they basically found rocks that could... Stones? Hello, Cody? Hang on. Hang, hang on. Not about bail on the... Again. Sorry, m- no 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 my cat just attacked my door for no reason (laughs) i was just sitting here and then my door started to open and then a little paw stuck its way out sorry we're gonna have to make a cut there Um, so humanity it was distracting i'm alone in a basement the door started to open (laughs) itself uh wait hang on it's like as soon as i put in my headphones i start hearing things also I, i sent you the saga thing you should look at it well i see just its face yikes yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, 
Ah, uh, jeez. <laughs> okay, get back to the show. <laughs> I could make it. <laughs> okay, get get back to the show. <laughs> All right. So once humanity realized that they might not make it and people started to lose hope, they sent out seeds to planets that happened to be in a good position to support life. So it wasn't necessarily that these planets already had existing vegetation Mm -hmm. and water and all that. It was just, hey, they're in like the Goldilocks region of space. You know what I mean? Like that perfect balance and yeah, whatever. So instead of finding planets that were already habitable, they basically like crashed um, terraforming rockets into them. And those were just meant to start life on these planets. And technology at this point had advanced far enough that they could exactly custom make what would show up on the planet. So the reason this planet is so perfect and so wonderful is it was designed to look like the absolute ideal of what nature can be. Okay, that's cool. It was tailor-made to be perfect to support human life. So these, um, they made several of these kind of seeded planets, and it wasn't super well-known to everybody that they were making them because it was kind of bleak to do that. You know, it was a miserable thing to go, we think that in 100 generations we're not going to be here anymore, so we're going to try to sustain life elsewhere. And they made these havens for humanity to fly to, basically, if things ever went south. And that's what this planet is that this takes place on. So um, the plant life on the planet, and I kind of said this in the narration Everything there is meant to sustain human life and to balance it. So most everything is edible and already planted. Just naturally things that are good for food grow. Um, And if something's growing and it's not good for food, it's almost certainly medicinal or meant to serve as some kind of shelter. You know what I mean? And nothing like poisonous grows. So they just don't have poison ivy or poison oak. They just wouldn't have those things there. Um. So scientists a long time ago carefully made this planet so it could indefinitely sustain human life with no intervention. Are you technically and cheating? It would, what like, do you mean? The theme of our episode. I, I feel like you're cheating. How am I cheating? Is, this... is it because basically nothing happened? It's because most of, like 90% of the work is beforehand. Yeah. And then there it's is like to be way something before after. the hundred years. And then you start the hundred years. And now like, I think you're cheating. I didn't mean to, but as I was writing this, it did occur to me that I had basically ignored the prompt. Like, the prompt got me going, and then I ended up writing something different. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Because I actually kind of liked what I came up with. So it took hundreds of lifetimes for the planet to develop to the point where it was sustainable. Um, but it was ready when the when the ship landed on it. The downside of this planet, though, is once people landed on it, they're basically trapped there. It's a prison. Um, unless they decide to fly off again, there's really no way for them to leave. And there's not enough resources on the planet for them to grow into, um, a society as, as advanced as the one that sent them there. Um, and then this is a little bit hand wavy, but kind of my way to get around the fact that like humans spread and would eventually overpopulate is, the scientists would have had to design the planet such that there are like chemicals that humans were taking in to like make them partially infertile. So having children is a lot less common. Okay. So once there's a population there, it kind of maintains yeah, itself. Yeah. And this was all done because this planet was extremely tailor-made. Um, the animals are all there for human functionality, right? So they're either pets, their tools, or their food. You know what I mean? So either they're animals that are meant to be cute and pleasant for humans to have. Or they're horses that are meant to be ridden around. Or they are cows that are meant to be eaten. And that's all that's there. So everything that's there is subservient to humans and meant to make their lives easier. One of the species that they sent um, to this particular planet was lemurs. And they were meant to be pets for humans. So they thought, hey, we want to send a cute animal to be here. So the smartest thing that they sent was lemurs. (laughs) But then after, right, but then after thousands of years of these lemurs being basically the top of the food chain and alone on this planet, they themselves started to evolve beyond ah. what they ha- had originally meant to be. You know what I mean? Like, 
they didn't just stay the same the whole time. Um, this was something that the scientists so got lemur humans maybe had not. A, so so eventually you ended up with somewhat sentient lemurs. Um, they were not as big as humans. They're supposed to be like four feet tall, but they were living on a place where it was very easy for them to thrive um, and had found a balance. Um, but when they gained sentience, it was different from the sentience that humans gained. Sentience that humans gained. The biggest difference is since their bodies were not designed for complex oral communication like humans were. That's just like monkeys and primates cannot make the same like facial, don't have the facial complexity that we do for speech. I guess that's also to do with vocal cords. But that's one of the reasons why when people try to teach primates to communicate, they do it through sign language because a lot of... um Primates can't talk like their vocal cords just aren't there to do that. So anyways, um, these giant lemurs evolved the ability to speak telepathically or almost more empathetically. So they can have conversations in their minds, but it's kind of unclear on whether that's done through. I guess like in my head, it's almost like a chemical thing and less of a uh, it's like almost more through smell. And chemical reactions. Mm-hmm. So you know how like when herds like tense and then run away? Yeah. Like when you see that happen, like if something... It's kind of like that, where it's not verbal, but they do have the ability to communicate. But this is why humans just didn't even think of them as being sentient. They just saw cute lemurs. <laughs> and the lemurs couldn't talk to the humans because they would try and it wouldn't work. It just reminds you know I mean? me of Avatar The Last Airbender, honestly. Did, did lemurs... Lemur. Oh, there, there were smart yeah. lemurs. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart lemurs. So now we're going to fast forward a little bit in time. So Earth at the time of the departure was very cyberpunk. So a long time ago, humans had realized, hey, we do not have the means to survive. So we are going to seed other planets. And then at the time uh, when the planet really stops being viable, we're going to send everyone out um, to these seed planets that we know about. So in between these two times is when people started using, um, what did I call it? Uh, uh, like, was it trance focusing? I think is what I called it in the first paragraph. Yeah, I, I don't it's remember. Trap music. <sighs> flow trance. Uh, so in between these two times is when flow trance was developed, which was a way to force miserable humans to be productive. <laughs> so as people's lives became less fulfilling and more miserable, people had to figure out ways to keep people going. And the way that they did that was this like psychedelic and audio drug that just kept people focused all the time. It gave the feeling of being like fun and hyper productive, which made people feel good, but it was also super addicting and dehumanizing. Eventually things became entirely displays on computers. Like no one even could see the outdoors anymore, but there was no reason to, because it was all like a blasted wasteland at this point anyways. Um, at the time that the colony ships finally decided it was time to leave Earth was not when they ran out of resources, but it was when people began to die for apparently no reason. Oh. Um, so there was a massive, what you could call a plague on the planet, but it was because human interaction and physical interaction had dwindled to such a huge amount that people started dying from like lack of interaction, oh. basically. Which is a thing that does happen, um, like especially with like infants. Like if you if you just like set an infant on the ground and feed it, it'll still just eventually die from a lack of interaction. Like it needs human oh, contact to stay alive. That got dark really quick. That's like a thing. Well, it, it, it's just like it's a thing that happens, and I think so. In this, Cody, when you're that became be a perfectly like perfectly fine father, there's nothing to worry about. I'm not paranoid about that for myself. It just I think is like you're a, paranoid. like. Infants and humans do, like, need interaction. And so when all of that was stripped away, like, their bodies just stopped functioning correctly. And people started to die in huge amounts. So that's when the uh, colony vessels were like, okay, Earth is literally dying. It's time to go. So they got the best crews together. They put them in that flow trance and just, like, shot them off towards these planets and hoped that they survived. Um, And then on the other hand, um, in what the planet that I'm calling Elysia, it was perfectly harmonious you know it was wonderful there everything was great the lemurs were in perfect harmony with the world they didn't have any need to really create anything or struggle because the planet was designed to be perfect for something that was very similar to them Mm -hmm. you know they're they're not humans but they're like one step away so it wasn't super hard 
Are you okay? Keep talking. Like I'm looking for my dad. Keep talking. <sighs> it just I feels like you're not paying attention to me, Jordan. Shut up. Just, just feels like you're not paying attention to me. I can easily just ignore so, you. You want that? No. But what this led to is in the lemurs mythology and in their storytelling, everything was about struggles and heroes and okay. trials. Every lemur was just waiting for a chance to do something, to struggle and win and succeed, <laughs> but they just had no reason to. They didn't need to fight so, over land. They didn't need to fight for food. Every lemur had a hero They didn't complex. need to fight to survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all thought, they all wanted to be a hero, but there was nothing oh, to do. It was like they couldn't go and fight a bear. Everything was designed to be eaten. They couldn't climb this tallest mountain because the mountain was designed to only be tall enough to be climbable. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, it's kind of the equivalent. Like when I was thinking about Elysia, what I wanted to get across was it, it was supposed to seem like the world in Breath of the Wild oh, or in yeah. a video game. Because the world would have been designed at a time when that was considered the norm to most people. That's what they were used to interacting yeah. with. Was these worlds with like, oh, look, there's a mountain and there's no way that mountain would just kill me arbitrarily because it's too tall for me to live on. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because when would that ever happen in like a video game, which is what people would have been used to dealing with at the time that these okay. worlds were seeded. So it's like living in a giant playground. It looks beautiful. It seems glorious. Everything is nice there, but everything is also absolutely guaranteed to be as safe as possible. <laughs> so all these lemurs are like kids that realize that eventually and go, wow, playgrounds are boring. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What the lemurs desperately want is something dangerous to happen and a chance to grow and take themselves to the stars, right? That's the, the lemur's dream, but they have absolutely no way <laughs> of doing so it. So then, now we fast forward 100 years, and a ship crashes on the planet. The lemurs understand it as basically a mountain falling, and for the first time, they see something different. They see humans interacting with the world and building things for a while. They see them ripping up the land and trying to plant fields, even though they don't need to do that. And they see them possessing technology and power that to them is seems impossible, yeah. right? For them, it's like, oh my gosh, the thing that we've been striving for has just landed on our planet. So immediately what the lemurs start trying to do is rob from the okay. humans. Seems like a very lemur right? thing. And so the end of... Yeah, so the end of my story was eventually they claim the mountain. And what that is is, so on the opposite side, when the humans land here, this is exactly what they're looking for. They haven't seen trees in generations at this point. They've been living in horrible, depressed slums, and their whole lives are focused around creating and building and being amazing at something. So like this flow trance thing is like the drug form of being obsessed with, with success. And so they're just looking for the chance to not do that okay. for a while. Um, so then they land on this planet where nothing is required of them and it's <laughs> heaven for them. You know, they've never had that before. They've only been able to live in a tiny gray box and be great at something. And listen to EDM music um, constantly. Right, right. This is all about how EDM music is terrible, but I still listen to it. <laughs> um, anyways... So after a hundred years, the roles have basically completely reversed. Humans now have no desire to be anywhere near their ship. It's kind of seen as a, like a shameful thing. It's a part of their history that they are trying desperately to forget and not deal with anymore. So they live as far away from it as possible. This land is perfect for them and all of humanity is very happy and content to live in a place that is safe and rewarding and benefits them so they've you know live in a community they're very happy and there's nothing there that's causing them to actively die which is new for humanity like the, at this point it would be you know the grandchildren of the people that settled there but these grandchildren grew up on stories of how horrible this ship was and how you never want to go back to that and how great it is here and that's just kind of perpetuating itself as the humans are starting to settle into this beautiful planet that they get to call home. A hundred years to the day after the ship lands is the first time the ship comes to life again. At this point, the lemurs that have infested the mountain have, through generations, basically learned most of human technology and understanding. So, you know, like this would be super advanced computers and all that, which would have the ability to store huge amounts of information 
And basically the lemurs have caught up on where humans were at technology. So where the story kind of would begin for my world is with this ship powering up and taking off and the lemurs taking to the stars to try to find new worlds to explore (laughs) and conquer. Oh, conquer. Hold on. Conquer. Yeah, so this is about... Yeah, no, these lemurs are not nice. They're they're they want to win. Oh yeah, because they all have, they have a they all have a hero complex, so they all want to do something great. And you know, they've been waiting for generations to do something dangerous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh. They all they want is to go and achieve and strive and conquer and win things. Jeez, that's hilarious. Um, and what's out in the universe and what would be on their like nav computer would just be planets filled with humans that have no desire to oh, do so anything. My- thought was so, when the humans led i thought the freaking libras were gonna jump them and kill them all it's, it's like, oh now we can finally be the no, heroes no no let's no. freaking murder these guys Libra makes what a this shit. is is about um kind of but my idea with this world is that i called it grass is always green or greener grass because of that expression you know the grass side. is always greener oh, on the other side sides we're looking for greener grass grass both sides were dissatisfied with where they were and felt that they were stagnating and needed to change and grow um it was also kind of supposed to be about human decline not necessarily being an apocalypse or an end of the world or just like them quitting it's a decision to take a step back like eventually you know in this world humanity doesn't it doesn't run its course. It doesn't get die out because of a disease. It doesn't destroy all its resources. It eventually just takes a okay. step back and lets something else try to do all the striving and fighting and achieving that up to this point humanity has kind of been doing. So through happenstance, this race of lemurs evolves and has the desire to go out and explore and achieve great things. And humanity has just lost that desire and wants to return to something more primal so they kind yeah. of switch places i get it is the no, idea i like it i get it that humanity's like retiring and the lemurs are the young up-and-coming thing just trying to do something yeah, new no, and different I, I, I really like the world um i enjoy the idea of lemurs trying to conquer things like because lemurs are extremely space, space lemurs, lemurs they're space things, lemurs lemurs are extremely cute um one thing i'm gonna actually have to do and i don't think you're gonna enjoy it I'm calling a red flag foul on you. You did not follow the I deserve the plot. it. You created the world thousands of years ago, had a spaceship land hundreds of years later, and then had Libras take over the spaceship. Yeah, but that was where the world is now is the result of an alien spacecraft that landing was on already a planet created by said and then a hundred years later. And the lemurs were Yeah, but whatever. I mean, every planet has to come I'm, from I'm somewhere. Gonna t- I'm going to say that's a, that's a red flag. You do it again and you're out. I don't think it is. <laughs> I I dis- I disagree. I disagree with that, yellow Jordan. Flag. I think I'm okay. I think I don't you- even think it's a yellow flag, all right? I think that I followed the prompt. It was about a world where 100 Most years of your ago world an alien ship was creating the world that existed before the spaceship landed. No, it was also about creating and a world in between world where came, humans quit trying that to... That the spaceship came from. Yeah, I mean, all ah, that stuff's fine. really important, though. You know what? Fine. Don't let it happen again. Hey, I'm still not acknowledging any fault. Okay, I think I did exactly what was expected of me. And yeah, so I, I can't find my um, low roll and die, so I could hopefully get number seven. So I'm going to go ahead and roll my high roll and die and hopefully get number 20. And... Okay, well... <laughs> I didn't get number seven. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you roll, Jordan? I made fun Jordan, of this one in literally the first episode, but I rolled number 10, Robots. Literally. Oh, yeah. I'm excited no, about that pro- one. Robots. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I can't wait. I'm also, so looking I'm forward so to Robots. I'm so not looking forward to number eight because I don't get how that world works. I don't get how it works. I don't understand it. Is What's the world, number eight? Uh, the world was designed to make a product. I still don't get that. What that means is a planet was invented for the sole purpose of so creating like Slurm something. Slurm from Futurama. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good thing it's robots. Okay, so robots. <laughs> I'm excited because I could basically do what I did with Dragon World. <laughs> the world is robots. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to this world because it's basically not, it's not having, having a prompt. A prompt. Like, literally, you could do... I could do Ghost in the Shell if I really wanted to. 
Oh wait, no, that movie sucked. Also, this means I could do Gundam. I could have robots inside yeah. robots fighting robots. You could do Gundam. You could do technically FLCL yes, would fall under this blanket. Um, oh, Zelda I forgot Breath that's of the, the Wild would fall under I've this been, blanket I'm because there's robots. I've been watching FLCL still. Crap! I completely forgot about it. I still. I wanna. I it's, just. I'm waiting until it's yeah, all it's out and then I'm gonna binge it. Anime right now. It's good, but it's typical. Okay, so next week is. Sorry. No, I. I was just gonna say I uh, I'm like worried about FLCL now from talking to you about it, but I still want to watch it because I I just love that anime so much. So yeah, and like I said, even if it is bad, it's less than three hours of your time. Right. Yeah. I guess you can't go wrong with that, huh? I just want you to know that um, I've been staring at this picture of Saga's wolf midwife for <laughs> half the episode. I've just been looking at. Like her gross wolf body, <laughs> like because you tried to make it sexy, so I tried to think of the most unsexy wolf I could ever think of, and that is the most unsexy wolf I could ever think of. <laughs> you nailed Actually, it. Actually, Saga you, you did a good is job really there, good. I say this check is pretty it out, nightmarish. Like, Saga, I love Saga more than anything. Like I can't tell if she has claws poking out of her nipples That's or milk. if she has like milk. milk dripping out of her nipples. It's, it looks gross either way. It doesn't look great, you know. It looks like also claws covered in blood, just sticking. Just uh, her hands, no, dude. I I love Saga. You you should. I say give it a try. It's a comic book. You can buy the um, volumes of it because it will have like I think four chapters each volume. But and it's an ongoing story. Oh, okay. like, um, they just couple months ago they do six months on six months off so we're i'm on the six months on part of the story so it, it, it's good so next week is going to be robots and <laughs> thanks for listening to the show you can find me on twitch at something i guess zero zero we're gonna actually start streaming pretty soon and you can find cody at the wandering gamer network talk to you all next week bye yeah